not a lot you can do with the Proverbs in two classes, but we can give a, a good overview of it and then tackle some of the some of the Proverbs. Uh, it's not something I've taught before, but uh, I'm eager to get into it. Hopefully it won't be a debacle. Hopefully we can all learn something, and uh, maybe you've got some, some secrets of the book as well. So Proverbs, uh, I can't remember how I've got this PowerPoint laid out. Hopefully it will make sense. I want to give some of the background of Proverbs. Of course, Proverbs was mostly written by Solomon. I say mostly because there's two chapters at the end. Chapter 30, written by someone called Agur, the son of Jacob. Not sure who that is. That's the only place he's mentioned in the scriptures. Uh, apparently, some someone of import. Uh, so he wrote that that chapter. It's it's uh, it's interesting. We'll do that next class. And then there's the sayings of Lemuel, which his mother taught him, in chapter 31, which includes 10 through 31, which is the the um, the wise woman of Proverbs 31. Um, as far as the background of Proverbs, as I said, most of them are of Solomon. Solomon, of course, as we recall and know, was given supernatural wisdom. I say supernatural because it's, it's, his wisdom went beyond what is, comes natural to human beings. It says he was expert in every area of life to, to the point that foreign people, foreign dignitaries and important people like the Queen of Sheba came to question him with difficult questions. I take that to be difficult questions about things like how to rule the kingdom and those types of things. So he's given the supernatural wisdom. A lot of that stuff is recorded for us in the Proverbs. And Solomon, it tells us in 1 Kings chapter 4, in verse 32, that he wrote 3,000 Proverbs. Um, that's quite a lot. You look at the book of Proverbs, you start reading through there, and it's overwhelming the wise things that are there. There's about 800 Proverbs of Solomon there, so we're... We're, you know, a fourth of the way through his total number of Proverbs just in this book. There's a lot more out there that, that wasn't deemed uh, to be recorded for us to be kept down through the ages. So at any rate, so about 800 are in the book. It's, it's a fascinating book to, to study. Um, the layout, that's one thing I had never studied before, the layout. I kind of looked at it and just thought, you start reading it and it just seems like saying after saying, right? And that these things are, they're really important in the way that they are, but there's there's certainly a layout to the book. Of course, the, the first uh, nine verses are an introduction. We're going to get into that in, in a few minutes, uh, where the, the, uh, the idea of the fear of the Lord, beginning of wisdom and all of that is put forth as so, being so important uh, as it should be to us. Then there's, starting in chapter 10, chapter 1, sorry, in verse 10, all the way through the end of chapter 9, what we have there is 10 speeches that are, are given from a father to a son, uh, where he tells him various things, and we'll go through those this morning as well. I didn't really realize that's how it was laid out, did a lot of, a lot of study and research into that, and kind of had to read through it, because all I could find was there's 10 speeches there, and it listed this is where they are, so I had to read through that a few times and say, well, yeah, this is the natural place where those would uh, begin and end and begin and end and all of that. So um, those, are, those are there. Then the next section, verse chapter 10 and verse 1, through all, all the way through at the end of chapter 29, are the Proverbs of Solomon, which are further broken down. We'll look at that in a minute. 
Um, then there's the words of Agur, mentioned that already, the son of Jacob in uh, chapter 30. And of course, the words of Lemuel taught by his mother in chapter 31. So just jot that down if you've got something or kind of remember that. You can look back and see these, these things as well. But we can, well, we'll look at them right now just to, to look at that. Of course, the introduction, chapter 1 and the first eight verses, you can see that easily. Then chapter 1 and verse 10 starts out, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Or verse 8, rather, is where I want to start. My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. And then he goes through some specific things there. Uh, and this, this starts those speeches. So we'll look at that, as I said, in just a couple of minutes. Um, also, we'll talk about the structure of individual proverbs, how they're laid out. So when you look at them, you say, hey, that's, that's how that's laid out. I don't know how helpful that is. That kind of thing is helpful for me. But it, the, each individual proverb has its own, own way of being laid out. The first type, and we're going to look at some specific ones, just one of each, because there's, I believe there's six uh, types of, uh, of proverbs. There's what's called an opposite parallel. Uh, chapter 11, if you want to turn there, Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 19. And you can look in your own individual, uh, maybe using a different version than I have on the screen, um, which I believe is the New King, not the New King James, New American Standard. But it's the opposite parallel. So one part is going to say a certain thing, and then the next is going to say, well, this is the opposite of what that is. He who is steadfast in righteousness will attain to life, and he who pursues evil will bring about his own death. You see that a lot in the Proverbs, that opposite parallel, where they're putting two things that are opposite side by side. Then there's the use of a similar parallel at multiple points in, in the Proverbs as well, um, where that these two things are similar. The highway of the upright, it's chapter 16, and verse 17. If you want to turn there, chapter 16 and verse 17. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. That's the way you should take he who watches his way preserves his life. So these things are kind of talking about the same things in a similar way. So they are a similar parallel. You'll see that used multiple times. Then there are some that are just simple statements. They're not any parallel at all. It's just a single, single statement. Look at chapter 14. You'll know this one very well. Chapter 14 and verse 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. That You need that whole statement to make these statements. Uh, that there's a, there, there's a certain way that you can walk about life that may seem right to you, but if it's not right in God's eyes, it's going to end in death for you. Um, also, there's a statement, some that are statements with explanations about them. We're going to go to chapter 17, 27 and verse 17 for this one. And just chose one uh, from each of these for the sake of time. Um, very famous uh saying that's collected by Hezekiah, this is a statement of Solomon, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Why did he say iron sharpens iron? Well, he's, he's referring to men, uh, mankind. We get together with other wise people and we can sharpen one another. That's kind of the, the idea there, a statement with an explanation of the statement. There's also comparison, uh, proverbs that are comparisons or where, they use, where metaphors are used about certain things. Chapter 11 again, in verse 22 this time. Chapter 11 in verse 22. 
says there, as a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a beautiful woman who lacks discretion. So the ring of gold in the swine's snout is this metaphor that, that Solomon is using to describe a, a woman who's beautiful but lacks any kind of discretion about speech and those types of things in, in her life. Uh, so, and there's also a there's descriptive lists as well in the Proverbs at, at a couple of different places. We're going to look specifically in, in Agur at chapter 30. Chapter 30. And I didn't put this one on the PowerPoint because it's just too long um, to be visually appealing. But verses 18 and 19, he says, There are three things which are too wonderful for me. Yes, four, which I do not understand. The way of an eagle in the air, the way of a serpent on a rock, the way of a ship in the midst of the sea, and the way of a man with a virgin. So he, he uses those three. It's a descriptive list. He uses those three to kind of describe that fourth one uh, where the man doesn't have much sense. So, like I said, this is kind of the ways, at least the ones that I could tell, different ways that Proverbs were put together uh, on an individual basis. So I don't know if that helps you or not, but um, that's, that's kind of what I saw. We're going to turn back to chapter 1 now and start with the introduction. Anybody have any thoughts on how the Proverbs are, are put together, the structure of them, and those types of things? I don't want it to be a boring class. Um, hopefully that, that's helpful. Um, uh, let's see, there's uh, something else I wanted to mention as well. I may have already done that, actually. I didn't. I wasn't able to put everything I wanted to say on the PowerPoint for the sake of time. It looks like I got what, what I'm talking about there. All right, chapter 1 and verses 1 through 9. That's the introduction to Proverbs. Now, I've got certain things outlined here, or underlined, rather, that I want us to see. There's a, there's a certain thing he's trying to talk about uh, here. To know wisdom and instruction. This starts in verse 2. Of course, Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king in Israel. Let's us know exactly who's talking here. In verse 2, he says, To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. To understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then he starts our section there in verse 8, that, that next section that's the speeches. So notice these words that are used here, wisdom, instruction. These are the things we're supposed to get from these sayings, wisdom, instruction, understanding, receiving instruction, wise behavior, righteousness, justice, equity, prudence, knowledge, discretion, learning, wise counsel, to understand uh, fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, wisdom, and instruction again. So we look at those things, and it's almost like these are things as a parent that you want your children to have as they get up to that age where they're about ready to get out of the nest and go on their own way. It makes your life a lot easier, doesn't it? If they don't have that, it, it makes it very difficult for you. So we look at these proverbs, and 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 they're they're certainly amazing. Every every place on earth um, has different proverbs, don't they? 
their wise sayings. Do we have proverbs that we say here in the in America, in the South? That I'm not talking about biblical proverbs. Of course, we have those. But what about just proverbs that we say where we're trying to teach our children something? Do we have those? Do you use proverbs? Think about this, and I'm sure you'll you'll complete the sentence. Okay. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Right? That tells you. You don't put any effort into something. You don't have some skin in the game. You're not going to get anything out of it, more than likely. How about look before you leap? Make sure you know what you're getting into, right? Look at look out for where you're going. How about this one? Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> yeah, it's like don't don't throw all all of your hard work. Don't throw it out just because one little thing went wrong, right? Uh, those are wise things to say. How about don't make a mountain out of a molehill? Yeah, we could use that a lot of times in our in our interpersonal relationships, right? Uh, absolutely. So we have all of these we have these types of sayings as well. They don't rise to the level of scripture, obviously, which is what we're talking about here today. Looking at these first seven verses of the book of Proverbs, does any biblical characters come to mind? To you, and you can you can shout them out if you if you have one. Samson, he would be the the antithetical, right? Yeah, Samson is not one you would say he's following these things. He's you know we've talked about him before. He's that enigma. He's listed in the Hall of Faith, and you wonder why <laughs> because I'm, I don't quite understand it. But he does all kinds of knuckleheaded things throughout his life, and. Uh, he would have followed this. What kind of person would he have been? Anybody else? Thank you for that. King Josiah. Yeah, he was one who, from his youth, wanted to follow God. He was um, very, I put it very disappointed that they hadn't been following the ways of God up to that point. So, absolutely. One that I think of is Joseph. You know, he's one that was sort of, I guess you would say, sort of spoiled when he was young. But he had this, this desire to seek after the ways of God. And it must have been taught to him from when he was very young. But he put those things into practice. He had wisdom. He received instruction. He had understanding about things. This was a, this was a young man that had a very difficult life after the age of, say, 17 or, or so years old, where he was sold by his brothers into slavery, bought by Potiphar in Egypt and all that was found in Potiphar's house with Potiphar's wife where she wanted to entice him to come lay with me this this uh, foreigner that was there and was actually taking care of the house of Potiphar and he had the 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 discretion right one of those middle words there to say no I can't do this and sin against God so he had this this type of um, wisdom that the Proverbs are talking about certainly our children obtaining, but it's not just children who have problems attaining to the wisdom that's talked about in the book, is it? There are older infants, as we all know, and we all know a few. So just because you've attained gray hair doesn't mean you've attained to the wisdom that Solomon's talking about here. We have to to work for that our whole life. It's about it's about a, a implementing a lifestyle of thinking about things in a wise way. 
and looking towards what is going to be the best in this situation in the eyes of God. So think about those things as we go through this. Anybody have any points that you'd like to bring out so far just in this first section? Or in a way that you like to look at the book as a whole might be helpful as well. All right, let's see where we're going next here. Let's look at these ten speeches. So we've we got through our introduction. We've seen the encouragement to go towards wisdom, instruction, discernment, and all of that type of thing in those first seven verses. Then we start these speeches from a father. We may not get past the speeches a whole lot this morning and have to handle uh, the rest, but I would like to get at least up to chapter 24 today. Don't know if that's going to happen. So speech one is just about 25 verses, I guess, that would be. And uh, so it goes from chapter one and verse eight through chapter um, one and verse 33. I think that's all of chapter one. And interspersed in this, as well as several others, it's not just a speech from a son to a father, but several of them have interspersed in them this idea where uh, something called lady wisdom comes up, and it talks about the importance of seeking after lady wisdom, as, a, as she is called. So the first, the first proverb is, is um, very good. So my son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother. For they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. Then he goes into the main section here. In verse 10, the enticement of sinners. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. Then he goes on and says, what does he say about that idea? Sinner's going to entice you. Come, let, let's make some money by taking, taking advantage of this poor person that doesn't have any idea. There's no reason for us to do it. We're just going to go attack them and take all they have. What does the father tell the son about that? Don't do it. <laughs> Don't cast your lot in among them. It's going to lead to very bad places for you. Now, how many of you, when you were younger, had this kind of a, a talk from your father or your mother? <laughs> I did multiple times, because there's times I got in trouble for doing things. I cast my lot in amongst a, a group of people I shouldn't have, and um, you know, sometimes I did it without their knowledge and got in trouble. Sometimes they find out who, who, who I was hanging out with, right, and say, you don't need to hang out with those types of people. And there was some, I just dumbfounded at how... how how astute my parents were at my young age, that they were right. Those people who I thought were so great were really not. They were up to no good. Uh, so we see that here in this, this first little section, uh, ending in verse 19. Now, Lady Wisdom rears the head in the second part of this. Verse 20 is where it, where it talks about it. So, wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open square. She cries out in the chief concourses. At the openings of the gates in the city, she speaks her words. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. Remember, this is wisdom 
personified, speaking to anyone who will listen. I will make my words known to you because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. So that ends the, the speech of the father regarding Lady Wisdom to his son after he's told him, don't go with these sinners who want to entice you to do evil. Steer clear of them. This is what wisdom does. And there's, there's repercussions if you ignore seeking after a wise way. Any thoughts about the first speech? True. That's true. He, he, he went down a, a bad path late in his life. So I think Brent will probably handle that because it looks like Ecclesiastes is written maybe one of the last things he wrote. Hopefully that's the case. Uh, so we'll, we will see. Speech number two is 22 verses in chapter two. And has a couple of things in it. The importance of seeking wisdom and also the protection the protective uh, function that wisdom will bring to your life, which we can all attest to. If you follow a wise way, you're going to be safeguarded from certain things. If you follow a foolish way, you'll remove that safeguard. And we've all seen people that go down each of those paths. Uh, So let's read a few verses here. Uh, My son, this is chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Um, Verse 10, we're going to skip forward to verse 10 to see the second part of this, the protective function of wisdom. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you understanding will keep you, to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and who's devi- who are devious in their paths, to deliver you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words, who forsakes the companion of her youth, and forgets the covenant of her God, for her house leads down to death and her paths to the dead. None who go to her return, nor do they regain the paths of life. So you may walk in the way of goodness and keep the paths of righteousness, for the upright will dwell in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. Now this this is kind of interesting here, this, this section, and I think maybe it's speaking in both ways. There's some that say this is talking about specifically about this son who goes towards the immoral woman, right? And there are some who think that this is, again, Lady Wisdom is in view here, and she's saying this immoral woman is the opposite of me, 
I can see how both of those really could be true from this in a wisdom literature type thing. Seeking after foolishness would be basically committing adultery against me or going after this immoral woman. I'm not sure. I read it a few times and can't come up with a definitive way of saying either one. Uh, so I, I would say both of those could certainly be true. Any thoughts on that or anything else in the second speech? Certainly some good stuff here in, in the book of Proverbs. Third, third speech, chapter 3. Uh, I think going all the way through the end of chapter 3. We're not going to read all of that. But, you know, a lot of these are repetitive. Repetitive ideas. Do not forget the father's teaching. Don't forget uh, the, the parents' ways. And also acknowledge God. What's the most, the most famous saying from chapter 3? Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. If I can probably, probably quote those. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Very important. Very important words to live by. Always acknowledge God. He starts off this whole thing. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. So he goes through some different things there. He also talks about the benefits of obtaining wisdom and what it's going to bring to you. So he's talked about already as well. And also how wisdom helps in relationships, right? Um, towards the end, verse 19, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up and clouds dropped down the dew. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. You will, Yes, you will lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror. Um, verse 27 is really where I wanted to start, actually. Sorry about that. Wisdom in relationships. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. What is in the power of your hand to do so? Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back and tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. Do not devise evil against your neighbor, for he dwells by you for safety's sake. Do not strive with a man without cause if he has done you no harm. Do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways. For the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. Surely he scorns the scornful, but he gives grace to the humble. Why shall inherit glory? But shame shall be the legacy of fools. So wisdom in your relationships can, if you apply it, it can cut off a lot of heartbreak for you throughout your life. Speech 4 in chapter 4. And chapter 4 is broken up into several speeches. They're very, very short. This one, nine verses the importance of wisdom from one generation to the next generation. The father starts off saying, this is the way I'm wanting you to get wisdom. It's the same way I got wisdom. It's how wisdom is gotten. So here, my children, the instruction of a father and give attention to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and only one inside of my mother, he also taught me and, I, and said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commands, live 
get wisdom and get understanding. And then Lady Wisdom, again, comes here. Get wisdom, get understanding, do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. He's talking about wisdom when he says her. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and in all your getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. So that's the fourth speech that ends there, talking about wisdom. And maybe a good thing to talk about what wisdom is. That's a common theme through this. I think it's that word, wise wisdom, some form of it, said about 125 times alone in the book of Proverbs. So, um, What is wisdom? And how does it differ from just knowledge? Both of them are mentioned here. Knowledge is not a bad thing, but we know New Testament says knowledge puffs up above edifice. Yeah, we're not talking about just mere facts. Sometimes knowledge can be mere facts and things like that, but facts have a, there's a context for, for facts, and we need to know how to, how to apply certain things in certain situations. That's kind of what wisdom is, you know. Um, it's, it's using your knowledge, and I hate to use wisdom in the answer because that's kind of a, a, a no-no, isn't it? There's not really a better way to say it. Knowing what to say when, how to act in certain situations, and what to avoid in certain situations is all a part of wisdom. And there, there may be more, but that's just a, uh, a quick way to say it. Anybody we go to the fifth speech. I don't need to bore you with speeches. Chapter, 10, chapter 4 and verse 10 through 19, as I said, they're all very short uh, through this, this section. Walk in wisdom. Uh, avoid the path of the wicked. He talked like that back in chapter 2 as well. And then Lady Wisdom is verse 11 through 14. Um, says, I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will, be hindered, will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of evil. I mean, that's part of wisdom, being able to, to ascertain well, this is the evil way, and this is the wise way. And if we don't have wisdom about us, it sometimes is, is, is a fuzzy thing, you know. Like, a, like we can, if we don't have it, we're sort of like a drunk man trying to catch a balloon on the edge of a cliff in the fog. We need to have this. We need to have knowledge about what we um, what we study in the scriptures and what are those that have come before us teach us about certain things and learn to apply them. So walk in wisdom, avoid the path of the wicked. Simple ideas there. Verse 20 through 27 in chapter 4. Once again, kind of the same thing. My son... Give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are like they are life to those who find them, and health to their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth, and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead, and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet, that all your ways be established. Do not turn from the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. So this idea of applying wisdom to every situation as you move through life, such an important thing. 
7, his speech number 7, pretty much all of chapter 5 is included there. Um, it starts, it starts off again, pay attention to my wisdom, lend your ear to my understanding. It kind of, these first, these first few, um, all of these chapters 1 through 9, tells us the importance of teaching. And we, we don't need to be, if, if, you, if you're of the age where you have children, or even if you have grandchildren, you can teach them the wisdom from God that you have gained. And don't be afraid to do so. Don't be shy about doing that. That's when the next, the next group gets into trouble, right? Um, so we need to be certain to do that. In chapter 5, he talks about mainly the, the folly of adultery and then followed by the wisdom that is found in marriage. Um, so he's, he said all these things, lend your ear to my understanding that you may preserve discretion, all of those things. Then verse 3 starts, for the lips of an immoral, an immoral woman drip honey, her mouth is smoother than oil, but in the end she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword, her feet go down to death, and her steps lay hold of hell, lest you ponder the path of her life. Her ways are unstable, you do not know them. He's using all these, these um, different words here to describe in a, in a negative way going down that path that you, you definitely want to stay away from that type of, uh, that type of thing. Then he starts about the, the wisdom that is found in marriage in verse 15. Now, I know we skipped a, a, a good bit there, but you've all read it before, I'm sure. Starting in verse 15, drink water from your own system, running water from your own well. Should your fountains be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the street, let them be only for your let them be only your own, and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. As a loving deer and a graceful doe, let her breast satisfy you at all times, and always be enraptured with her love. For why should you, my son, be enraptured by an immoral woman, and be embraced in the arms of a seductress? For the ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord. He ponders all his paths. His own iniquities entrap the wicked man, and he is caught in the cords of his sin. He shall die for lack of instruction, and in the greatness of his folly he shall go astray. So that talks about the, the importance of marriage and the wisdom that is found in that institution as far as keeping you out of trouble, so to speak. Any thoughts? Rapid fire hitting through these. Speech number eight, we've got three more to go, including this one. All, chapter six, first half of it through verse 19. Here he warns against self-destructive acts. Now, what I mean by that, those things that are going to cause harm to yourself. Um, let's see. Um, my son, if you become surety for your friend, if you have shaken hands and pledged for a stranger, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, and, be, and deliver yourself. You have come into the hand of your friend. Go humble yourself. Plead with your friend. Give no sleep to your eyes nor slumber to your eyelids. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter and like a bird from the hand of the fowler. So self-destructive act, signing some sort of uh, loan note for a friend, right? Bad idea. You're going to bring some destruction on yourself and Certainly, some of us have lived long enough to see people that may have done that, that type of thing. Um, he goes on, verse uh, 12, a worthless person, a wicked 
A wicked man walks with a perverse mouth. He winks with his eyes. He shuffles his feet. He points with his fingers. Perversity is in his heart. He devises evil continually. He sows discord. Therefore, his calamity shall come suddenly. Suddenly he shall be broken without remedy. So he's talking about that type of thing there, these self-destructive acts. He also talks about the importance of work, which is very, very interesting. Go to the ant, you sluggard. That's a... That's a very astute way to translate that word. You sluggard, it's, it's almost like this onomatopoeia where the, you just get this feeling from the sound of the word and you know what it means even if you don't know the language. Sluggard. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer, gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, so you shall your poverty come upon you like an armed man and your need, or a prowler and your need like an armed man. You need to teach. And you need to learn, have the wisdom to know to work for what you get or you won't have anything. Just from a pragmatic point of view. All right. Speech nine, we'll get through these today. Of course, remember the parents' teaching. He tells him in the first part of that, and also the foolishness of adultery, which he's about to get into wholeheartedly um, in chapter 7. So read 20 through 35 on your own, but that's kind of the breakdown of that in those. And then speech 10 is the longest. It goes all the way till chapter 10 starts, and it has the famous section, uh, the tale of an adulterer, um, Starts off with keep my words and all that. Bind them on your fingers and all of that. Um, then verse 6 he starts. For at the window of my house I looked through my lattice. I saw among the simple I perceived among the youths a young man devoid of understanding. Passing along the street near her corner and he took the path to her house. In the twilight and the evening in the back and dark night uh, there was a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. She was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. At times she was outside, at times in the open square, lurking at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him with an imprudent, impudent face. She said to him, I have peace offerings with me. Today I have paid my vows, so I come out to meet you diligently to seek your face, and I have found you. I have spread my bed with tapestry-colored coverings of Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take fill of our our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with love for my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him and will not come home and will come home on the appointed day. So that tale of the adulterer is is there. Where does he end up? This particular young man who the father is putting forth as an example to stay away from. Death. He goes all the way down to death. Then, as I said, Lady Wisdom is interspersed in here. Chapter 8 and Chapter 9 are this, this discourse from Lady Wisdom that you can read on your own. And then we'll start out with Chapter 10 and go through the end of the chapter with the next class. Thank you and sorry for the, this barrage of, of stuff.